Today we're going to finish up our series called Get Smart. Everybody say Get Smart. Um, This is actually the fifth week of this series, and for those of you that's missed some of this, what we're doing is we're looking at some of the areas that seem to cause us the most stress and frustration in our lives, and then we're looking into the Bible, God's Word, uh, to see what the Bible has to say about those areas so that we can get smart in those areas and enjoy the life that God wants us to live and experience all His goodness and all His blessings. And I told you, for those that were here last week, I actually planned to wrap the series up last week. We were going to talk about parenting, which we did, but there was too much to talk about, so I said, I'm going to make this a two-part message. So we're going to continue today talking about parenting, because how many realize this is one of the areas that can cause us some stress and frustration and anger and just, I mean, just a lot of ups and downs. I was telling, uh, I was talking to someone this morning just about, you know, my hair is just, and I'm going I'm to break down thinking about my hair. It's just turning gray. But it seemed like when I had kids, especially when they started getting to the age where they could talk back and have a little sass and, you know, they, I started carrying a lot more stress, which turned these hair, this, this hair gray. And so I know from experience that this is an area that can cause some stress and some frustration in your life. And so not only can it be stressful for us as parents, but it's stressful on our kids. And it can be stressful for other people if we don't know how to parent wisely. But fortunately for us, how many realize the Bible has a lot to say about parenting? If you don't know, you're probably one that doesn't read the Bible. And uh, I want to encourage you to read it because there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible. A lot of things that the Bible tells us that we need in order to get smart so that we can be wise parents. Now, I want to throw this out there like I did last week. I realize that not everyone that I'm talking to this morning is a parent, uh, but that's okay because many of you who are not currently parents, uh, maybe one day will become a parent. And even if you never become a parent, there's a good chance that you know some parents or that whether they're your parents or they're, they're someone who are friends of yours, they have children, and it's good that you have some wise parenting advice that you can share with them. My point is this. Everyone needs to hear this message. So don't just check out on me just because you don't have kids or your kids are grown or, or, or whatever. This message is for everyone. This is part two of what we began last week on parenting. Now, last week I talked to you about Jesus' model, Jesus' example for how to raise children, and we talked about what he said in, in verse number, or excuse me, in Mark chapter number 10. Today I want to get into more of the practical side of parenting. Some day-to-day objectives and goals that we need to have in place in, in order to, to raise our children the way that God would have them to be raised. Now, I'm going to be obviously sharing a lot of verses to you from the Bible that pertain to parenting, but I'm also going to be sharing some of my personal opinion as to how to parent wisely. And when I talk about my personal opinion, you have the right to take it or leave it, but I just pray that you would at least listen to some of the things that I have to say and go home and pray about it later and uh, whatever that God is saying, take what I shared from my personal opinion, then you take that. If God says, no, 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 he's crazy, don't listen to that, then you, you have the right to do that. But before I give some of my advice on parenting, uh, let me give you a little bit of, of background about me as a parent. 
Uh, my wife, Audra, and I, we have been married for, uh, it'll be 21 years next month. Um, we had our first child in the year 2000, which is Seth. He was the one playing the drums this morning, doing a great job, by the way. Uh, Seth is a senior in high school, and in just a couple of months, he is going to be 18 years old. Um, our second child, which is our youngest child, Lakin, she, is, um, she was born in 2005. She is uh, in eighth grade, and she is 13 years old. So I have almost 18 years experience of being a, a parent, and plus, currently right now, I am raising two teenagers. Y'all pray for me, because I need some prayer in that. Now, by no means are our children perfect. By no means. They have their flaws. They've made some mistakes. But they are very good kids. Matter of fact, I would even go as far as to say they are great kids. They're very well behaved. Uh, they're very respectful. They're very kind. They're very loving. They're very caring. They love God. They're really good kids. And some people might be quick to say, well, you just got lucky. But I would respond by saying this, that I feel that the way that we have parented our children has played a, a much greater role in how our kids are today than luck has. And I would say that for anyone who has very well-behaved children, who have children who are respectful, who have, parent, who have children that, that are not rude and who are well-behaved, I would, I would say that you would be willing to say that it wasn't luck as much as it was the way that you have raise them, and the time that you have taken to speak into their lives and invest them and teach them and train them in the things that they should, should know. And so I want us to ask this question this morning as we get into this, and you don't have to raise your hand this morning because I believe that it's a question that everyone would say yes to, but the question is this, how many of you want your children to grow up and be successful? I think everyone who is a parent today, the answer to that would be yes. I want my children to grow up and be successful. Now, I want to follow that question up by asking you this. What are you doing right now to make that happen? If you want your children to grow up and be successful, what are you doing right now to ensure that that happens? What are you teaching them right now that's setting them up for success? What practices and skills are you trying to uh, implement in their lives so that they're prepared for later on when they hit the real world? What values are you instilling in them right now that's setting them up to have a successful life? What are you allowing them to get away with right now that might potentially compromise their chances of having a successful life? Because, and I say that because I believe that there are a lot of parents today who are allowing their children to get away with things right now that are going to potentially compromise their shot at being successful in life. People are allowing their kids to get away with being disrespectful. People are allowing their children to get away with being uh, irresponsible. They're letting them get away with being lazy. They're letting them go undisciplined. And all of these characteristics and behaviors are going to keep them from being successful in their lives. I'm just here to tell you, no one wants to hire people who are disrespectful. No one wants to do business with people who are not kind and disrespectful. 
And so I'm here to tell you, this is, this is a challenge to all of us who are parents. We've got to understand that what we're allowing our children to get away with and what we don't moderate and take control of, you're setting them up for failure. And so parenting is very, very important. Look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. We read this last week. I want to read it again, and I want to show you three things that I believe that God showed me from this verse. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Most people know this. Scripture says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I told you last week that this verse has been misinterpreted. This does not mean that just because you raise your children in church that they're going to serve God all of their life. It's not what this verse says. But it says to train them in the way they should go. And then when they're older, they're going to remember that training. It doesn't mean that they'll always resort back to it, but they'll remember the values. They'll remember the skills. They'll remember the discipline. They'll remember the things that you have imparted into their life. There are three things that I would love for you to write down. We're going to put these on the screen. Three things that I see in this verse. Number one, it is the responsibility of the parents to prepare their children for life. It's not the teacher's at school's responsibility. It's not the church's responsibility. Now, we'll do our parts, but we're supposed to come along beside the parents. It's not the child's responsibility to figure out life on their own. It is the responsibility of the parents to prepare their children for life. You, parents, train up the child in the way he should go. Teach them all the things and train them in all the things that they need to know to be successful. Number two, we are to begin preparing them while they are young. Not waiting until they get older. Not waiting until they get bigger. Not waiting until they can understand everything that we're trying to teach them. The Bible says to train up a what? A child. In other words, start preparing and training them when they're little bitty. Now, I, I, you don't have to say a lot of amens this morning. You can sit there and just absorb it all in. But what I'm telling you is the truth. The third thing that we need to understand from this verse is that training requires discipline. As a matter of fact, that phrase train up comes from the Hebrew word. And I am not good at Hebrew, so I, I, I probably spit everywhere when I try to pronounce this. But... It comes from the word C-H-A-N-A-K, hanak. <laughs> anyway, that Hebrew word means to discipline. So really, what the Bible is saying, discipline a child in the way he should go. Discipline your child. In other words, you're correcting them, you're training them, you're conditioning them to go a certain way. Way. Now, we're going to talk about discipline a lot this morning. And I know that this is not a popular message, but it's what I feel that God wanted me to talk about this morning. Because the lack of discipline in a home is, by and large, what is wrong in our world today. Children are growing up in homes without proper discipline. And I know that has a lot to do with with, with the man not being there like he should, whether he's a weak man or he's just an absent man. I know that it has a lot to do with blended families. There's a lot of contributing factors that lead to that. But I'm just telling you that by and large, what's wrong in our world today is that there is not structure or discipline in a home. Children are growing up in homes today without proper discipline, and, and, and these children are rude. 
They're disrespectful. They're inconsiderate. They're irresponsible. They're overly hyper. And they're lacking in respect for authority. Then they get older and they wonder why no one wants to hire them. They wonder why they can't hold down a job. They wonder why things are a mess in their life. But as I was saying last week, it's not always their fault. More often than not, it's the parents' fault for not training them and teaching them in the way that they should go, for not correcting them when they're going down the wrong road, for not disciplining them when they make bad choices. I just want to, um, and I don't know whether or not I have your permission or not, but I do have the microphone, so that carries a lot of weight. But I just, I just want to vent for just a moment, if, if you'll allow me to. I am appalled by the behavior that some parents let their children get away with. I mean absolutely appalled, just like completely shocked how the behavior that parents let their kids get away with. They let them jump on other people's furniture. We were, I took my daughter on a, on a daddy-daughter date the other night, and she wanted to go to Dave & Buster's in, in Little Rock. So we went. I wasn't drinking any alcoholic beverages, so don't judge me, uh, because she was with me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But there were, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. There was a family that came in, and they had, a, they had a, some kids with them. And these kids, I understand they were excited, because, man, there's video games everywhere. But they come in and they jump up on the counter where this guy is trying to wait on them. They're they're bouncing around on the counter. The parents are completely neglecting them. Finally, the guy behind the counter, he gets on to the kids and says, hey, y'all can't be up here. You're you're moving all this stuff around. The parents say, oh, yeah, y'all need to get down. I'm like, really? It took someone else to get on to your kids? I mean, I am absolutely appalled at what people allow their children to get away with. Parents today let their kids talk back. Not only to them, but to other adults. They let them run wild and act like heathens in restaurants and other public places. I can remember one time, uh, we, we were eating out uh, with a family that used to go to church here. And uh, they, they had children like five, six, and six. This may have a lot to do with why they no longer come. But uh, they, had a children, they had children somewhere between the ages of six to eight years old. And... Uh, these kids were up and down. We're in a restaurant. We're seated at the table. These kids were up and down and throwing things back and forward, loud, running around, getting in the server's way. Everyone was staring at our table. And the parents was just ignoring them like they weren't even in the room. And to top it off, their, their seven-year-old took a big drink of Dr. Pepper and leaned over and spit in my cheese dip. And their parents never said a word. We left that restaurant. I told my wife, I said, never again will I be seen in public with that family with their kids there. And I meant it. It was embarrassing. How many, just come on, help me out here. How many have ever felt like that? You've been with a family who had their children there and they were completely going nuts and you felt about this tall. I hope nobody recognizes me. Now listen, I, lo- I love children, but I am not going to be seen in public with a family who cannot make their kids behave. I ain't even going to let them come to my house. Now you, you may not like me as a pastor after this, but I'm just telling you the truth. Make your kids behave. 
Well, pastor, how do you do that? I just can't seem to make my kid behave through discipline. Oh, I would never discipline my child. I love my kids too much to do that. Can I just offer you some, some Bible this morning? Proverbs chapter 13. This is the second part of verse 24. It says this. Those who do what? What? Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. What the Bible tells me is that if you really love your kids, you're going to discipline them. Why? Because you're trying to set them up for success later in life. You're going to do what is hard and hard and difficult and, and just, you know, it's an emotional thing. You're going to do what's necessary right now, though it's difficult, because you're looking for results in the long run. You're looking to set them up for success in the long run. No one wants to have to discipline their children. But if you truly love them, the Bible says you will discipline them. Why? Because you want them to grow up and be successful. And discipline is the key to that. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17 says this, Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. In other words, discipline will help teach your children the right way to live. However, ignoring it will lead them astray. If you love them, you will discipline them, just like our Heavenly Father disciplines us. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10 through 11, says this, For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. In fact, it's painful. But afterward, everybody say afterward. Afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living. I love that. For those who are trained in this way. Remember, the end result is, is the right way of living. God disciplines us because He loves us and He wants us to share in His blessings. Not because He's mad at us. Not because He wants to punish us. But He disciplines us because He wants us to experience His best. Now, with that being said, I want to share with you what I, what I believe are the five C's of child discipline. And I know I told you last week that I wanted to answer a lot of the questions and, and issues that you guys put on Facebook as far as what is the most difficult issue that you face in parenthood. And I spent a lot of time in prayer about this. And, and honestly, the majority, if not all of those issues that were posted on Facebook or sent to me uh, via Facebook Messenger can all fall back to discipline. Almost every one of them. So I feel like that this is a, a, an umbrella topic, if you will, that I'm covering today. So five C's of child discipline. And, and I want to share this first one with you because I believe that um, if it's not the most important, it's, it's right up there. Okay. First C when it comes to child discipline is correction. Everybody say correction. I want you... I want you to remember this, okay? Here's what I mean about correction. The purpose of discipline is correction, not punishment. Matter of fact, I want them to put that on the screen. It should be the next slide. The purpose of discipline 
is correction, not punishment. You have to know that. Okay? Um, and you can, you can use this universally in anything that you're trying to get a different outcome. Um, if I want to lose weight, um, I am going to discipline my body. I'm going to discipline my eating habits. Okay? But I'm not doing that just to put my body through torture and punish my body. Right? I'm doing that because I want different results. I'm trying to correct my lifestyle. I, I want to lose weight. You can say the same thing with working out and lifting weights. We, you don't just do that because you're, you're mad at yourself and you just want to go teach your body a lesson. You do that because you're trying to change the outcome. So to change the outcome, you've got to change the input. You've got to change some things. So before we go any further, I want you to know this. Dads, moms, understand this. The purpose of disciplining your children is not to punish them. Now, that's part of it. But the purpose behind discipline is to get a correct behavior, to correct them. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 through 12 says this, My child, do not reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when He does what? When He corrects you. For the Lord corrects those He loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom He delights. That means the Lord is not just going to let us do whatever we want. When He sees us going down the wrong path, He's going to correct us. This is our role as parents. Not to say, well, you know, I would say something, but I just don't want to deal with their fit that they're going to throw. I don't want to deal with hurting their feelings. No, no, no. That is your responsibility as a parent to discipline them, to correct them. Correction should always be the purpose of discipline. As a matter of fact, in, in, the, in the Webster's Dictionary, when you look up the word discipline, here's the, here's the definition. Discipline is the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. So everybody say correction. Correction should always be the purpose of discipline. Number two, the second C behind child discipline is commitment. You have to commit yourself to discipline. I know you never want your child to hear the word no. But you have to commit to discipline. If, if, if you don't tell your child no every now and then, you're not preparing them for life. Children need to hear no every now and again. Otherwise, they develop a sense of entitlement that, that they should get everything that they want. And when they show up in the real world, how many realize that's not how the real world works? Well, but if he doesn't get his way, then he's going to throw a fit. That's why you need to commit to discipline. Commit. You have to commit to it. Both parents, we're going to commit to discipline. Now, let, let me tell some of you young people, let, let me give you some priceless advice this morning. If you don't have children yet, surely none of you do, but any, any, any person really who doesn't have children yet, if you don't have children yet, you need to discuss with and come to an agreement with your spouse how you guys are going to discipline your children before you ever even think about having kids. Yes. 
I, this is one of the things in, in pre-wedding counsel, I always say, we, we always cover this. We, we talk about several things, but we talk about, okay, let me put a bug in your ear. Let me tell you some things that you need to consider, you know, later in your marriage, because I don't know when the next time I'm going to get the chance to talk to them will be. But here's something you need to consider. You need to talk about how you guys are going to um, discipline your children. Because I'm here to tell you that discipline, the discipline of children can be a big issue in a marriage. I, I, let me just be transparent. That, that's one of the things, my wife and I, we don't disagree on many things, but that's one of the things that we've had to work through. Because I grew up in a home where my daddy, if I even looked funny, my daddy would just, he would, he would whip my rear end. And she grew up in a home to where maybe she was spanked once. Did you ever get a spanking? I think once, okay. Um, and, and so we come from different backgrounds. And so to me, you know, when my kids misbehave or whatever, my instinct is to, I'm going to bust their butt. Hers is more merciful. Hers is more, eh, let's... You know, so, and, and that's caused issues, and we've had to sit and talk about that. So I'm here to tell you, for those of you that's not had children yet, please take my advice this morning. Before you have kids, you come to an agreement. You at least discuss with your soon-to-be spouse or your spouse as of right now, not as of right now, but your spouse currently. That, I still can't say that right. Discuss with your spouse before you have children how you're going to discipline those children. And both of you may have to compromise, but come to a consistent way that you're going to discipline them and stick to it. The fact that mom and dad have different opinions as to how they want their children to be disciplined can cause some issues in a home. And I know some of you are like, well, we're just, we're just not going to discipline. I know your two-year-old is, is cute, and she can play you with those eyes. And with that smile, I, I'm telling you, but you're going to have to commit to it and you're going to have to reach an agreement how we're going to discipline her, how we're going to discipline uh, the, our son. And if you already have children and this is an issue, please take the first thing that I told you, that the goal of, of discipline is correction. Spend some alone time with your wife, with your, even if it's your ex-spouse. Try to reach some sort of agreement for how you're both going to discipline those kids. Because that's, man, this is a big deal, especially in blended families. Kids are with their moms one weekend, and she disciplines different than, than dad does on this weekend. And it's just, it's confusing to the kids. Because over here at dad's house, they get away with everything. But over here at mom, she's more structured. And now the kids think that mom really doesn't love them, when in reality, mom loves them a whole lot more than dad does because she cares enough to have structure and discipline in the home. Keep in mind the end goal is to set up your child for success later in life and come to an agreement and commit. Everybody say commit. Commit to discipline. Number three, consequences. Give predictable consequences. In other words, um, when a child does A, they need to know that B is going to happen. When a child does C, they need to know that, that D is going to happen. And when they know the consequences, when they can predict the consequences, then they are able to, to make their own choices, and they're the ones who are choosing the consequences, not you. Because they knew that's, here's what happens when you jump on the bed. You get whipped. Here, here's what happens when you talk back to mom. They need to know predictable 
consequences. It's very, very important. They need to know. It doesn't need to be, well, I got, okay, I got away with this last time. You know, one time I was able to do it three times before she said anything. The other time I was able to do it two. You know, I just, I'm not really sure, so can I get away with this? No, no, they need to know. Predictable consequences. When I do this, this happens. Y'all still with me? Number four, currency. In other words, you have to find out what disciplinary action works on your child. I, I realize this, kids are different. And um, what works on one may not work on the other, especially as they get older. That's one of the things that we have found out, that there are different stages of, of uh, punishment. I mean, it's still discipline, but there's things that, that work when they're three that doesn't work when they're 18 or But, but I, I do have to say this, okay, and I don't even know if I've ever taught on this, so this may be a first, but I wanted this on record so I can point people to, because um, I know that none of you have issues with disciplining your children. So this is for those who will watch this later, that you can say, man, you missed what Pastor Scott taught on. You need to go and listen to this. When their kids are misbehaving, just give them a piece of paper that has the link to this sermon on it. Um, <laughs> But one currency or form of discipline that the Bible suggests that seems to work on almost all children is spanking. Spanking. Now, that's a word that's not very popular today. And uh, many people don't even know what that means. So I thought I'd put a definition on the screen. For Matter of fact, I looked for a video on YouTube of a parent spanking their child. Did you know I could not find one? I guess it's because people are afraid of what the government might do if they're on, if they're on video, you know, beating their kids. But um, spanking, this, this is what the dictionary says. Spanking is an act of slapping or smacking on the buttocks. That's, that's, your, that's your booty. As punishment for children. Okay, that, that's why there's extra padding back there. I believe that God made that specifically as a target for parents. Now, now listen, I, I know that this offends a lot of people. People take offense to this. And, and even we have a government that's uh, passed laws that they'll, that, I mean, they'll arrest you. These, I mean, it's, it's scary how, how far our, our world has fallen. Uh, but, but really, that's only because we have a generation who's grown up in a home with with weak or absentee men, and, and thus now they, they seem to mistake the voice of authority with, with, the, with the sound of abuse. And, and real authority or right authority is not abusive. And a spanking done the right way, let me clarify that, done the right way is actually good for a child. Because... Y'all hate this message, don't you? I, I know, you're like, uh, all their kids are like, oh my gosh, I'm doomed. Um, <laughs> a spanking done the right way is actually good for the children because it helps them learn that there are consequences. Everybody say consequences to bad behavior. I'm here to tell you, if the kids don't learn that there are consequences to bad behavior when they're young, they are destined for prison time. Amen. Thanks, babe, for that amen. Um, look, at, look what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23. You, some of you, you are going to stop reading the Bible after you find out what it says this morning. I'm convinced. I'm going to pray for you, okay? Uh, verses 13 through 14 says this. Don't fail to discipline your children. I like this next phrase. The rod of punishment won't kill them. 
Physical discipline may well save them from death. Physical discipline. Contact. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 20. Are y'all, I, I don't even know, should I ask if you're enjoying this or not? But uh, we'll find out next Sunday. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22 verse 15 says this. I love this one. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction. Well, and I even pulled up, this is King James Version for those of you who's like, well, that's just the message translation. That's not. The rod of correction will drive it far from them. Now, um, I brought an example of the rod of correction. This is, this is, well, this is the rod of correction in our house. Um, I, know, I don't even know if I should post this on, on a Vimeo because I may spend time in prison. Um, or they may come take away my kids, but, uh, which would save us some money. Um, but it, uh, honestly, it, it, it drives me crazy when a child is throwing. And I know, let me give a disclaimer, because some of you are going to think when I say this, he's talking about my kid. I promise you, I have no one in mind when I say this, but if the shoe fits, Okay. But one of the things that drives me crazy is when a, a kid is throwing a fit and mom or dad says, oh, somebody needs a nap. No, somebody needs to be introduced to the rod of correction. Yes. My wife and I, and I, I, we are not the perfect parents, but we never use the excuse of a nap for my child's misbehavior. They need to learn at an early age that just because they're not getting their way doesn't mean they can act however they want to act. I've lost all of y'all. I can tell this morning. Now, I'm not saying that when, the, when they're two years old that you've got to whack them with this. Come on, use some common sense. You can give them a little spat on the, on the rear end, okay? Enough to, that they know, that, ooh, that wasn't fun. Didn't like that. And then as they get older, you, you can whack a little harder. As they get older, then you, then you can you graduate to this. Okay? Now, please listen to me. I am by no means promoting abuse. But give them maximum of three good licks, okay? Two to three. Get your point across, okay? Don't, 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 you don't kill them. Don't whack them in the back. Don't put, hit them you know, below the rear end or whatever. Just, you know, a good spanking. Amen. I've lost all of y'all. I know this. How many has ever seen one of these before? Okay. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, I can, I can look at your kids and tell you've never seen one of these. <laughs> I'm a, let me just say this, and I, I know i got to hurry because I'm meddling more than I'm preaching, but I, I just feel like there's some things that need to be said. I grew up in an age where it wasn't just my parents that spanked me. If I went to my aunt or uncle's house, my daddy and mama would give them permission. If he gets out of line, you bust his butt. I got paddlings in school. And then if I got a paddling at school, I got a paddling when I got home for getting a paddling at school. And I feel like I turned out pretty good. It's not, the, the words the Bible says, it's not going to kill them if you do it right. Amen? But kids need to be taught at an early age that they cannot just act however that they want. People say, well, I just can't control my child. He's nine years old. This will help. Well, I've disciplined them before, and it just doesn't seem to work. Can I just say this? And once again, I'm not promoting abuse. But if your discipline's not working, your punishment is not severe enough. 
Make it more severe. They'll learn their lesson. Now, as I told you a while ago, spankings, I, I, I don't spank my kids anymore, okay? Um, especially my almost 18-year-old because a spanking doesn't seem to work. Yeah, it hurts, but he kind of, you know, he's tougher now. But taking away electronics for a month gets his attention, okay? So yeah, you got to find the currency that, that, that's working, but I promise you this one will work on almost all kids ages 3 through 12, Okay, let's move on from that. Everybody's like sweating. Um, here's, here's the next point, okay? Consistency. You have to be consistent in your discipline. You have to be consistent. Um, and this takes time. It takes effort. It's hard work. Because there's going to be times when you're going to be tempted to be passive and not deal with things. When you're busy, when you're tired, when you're trying to leave. It's like, ah, I'll deal with that later. It's a challenge, but you've got to be consistent in your discipline. Be a person of your word to your child. If you tell your child, if you do that one more time, you're going to get it. Don't let them do it two more times. If you said, if you do it one more time, you're getting it, and they do it one more time, they need to get it. Be consistent. And guys, I know this is hard. Like I said, because we're tired. We're, we're watching football. Our kids are you know, cutting up. We don't, want to, we don't want to miss a play of the game. We don't want to miss this. this you know, maybe wait till it's a commercial or let my wife deal with it. Or let's, you have to be consistent. Mom and dad, be consistent with one another on how you discipline. I said that a while ago. You, mom can't be the, letting them get away with certain things that dad is, is, is disciplining them for. Because now the kids are confused and, and they play favorites. Wow, there's, there's so much more that I need to cover, but this morning I, we're, we're running out of time. But, but mom and dad, know this. Know this, mom and dad. Everybody listen. Mom and dad, you are the parents. You're not their friend. Maybe when they get older, you can be friends with them. Not that you can't be friends, but you, I, it drives me crazy when, 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 when moms and, and daughters, a 12-year-old girl, oh, she's, my, she's my best friend. No, you're the parent. You've got to make them behave. You've got to, you got to do what's hard. Your, your job is to train them while they're young. If you see them doing behaviors that you know is going to be detrimental later on in their life, if you truly love them, you're going to correct that. Don't let them get away with misbehaving. Don't let them get away with being disrespectful. If you, let me just... Trying to reel this in, I promise. But I just, there's so many things that are coming to mind. Hey, if you sign your kids up for, for peewee soccer or, or Little League or whatever, you, you, you make them listen to those coaches. I read something the other day because uncoachable kids become unemployable adults. You make them listen. Their teacher may not be the best, okay? But you make them have respect for their teacher. Don't let them come home and, and run their teacher down. You need to teach them respect. Teach them responsibility. Teach them behaviors and habits and a lifestyle that's necessary for setting them up for success. Your job is to teach them. Most important form of, of, of training and teaching is to be an example to them. Model what you want them to do. And I can tell you, disrespect, whether you want to admit this or not, they learn that at home most of the time. Because they see 
dad being disrespectful to mom. Or mom being disrespectful to dad. Model what you want to do. Don't say, do as I say, you, do as I do. You model that for them. You're causing confusion when you're telling them one thing, but you're doing something else. Your job is to love them and touch them and encourage them, invest in them and discipline them, all in an effort to prepare them for adulthood. In closing this morning, the greatest disservice that you could ever do to your children is to not discipline them. My prayer this morning is that God would give you the grace to minister to them and to parent them correctly and raise them in the ways of the Lord. Model that for them. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning and close your eyes as I land this plane this morning. Father, we are so thankful for, for your word. God, and Lord, I'm thankful, as I've said hundreds of times after speaking, God, I'm so thankful for how practical that your word is. God, your word gives us wisdom on how to be smart in every area of our lives, our finances, our relationships, parenting, disciplining, how to be responsible. God, your word is, is life. It's, it's healing. Lord, it's, it's what we need to live. And Lord, I know that many times your word is difficult especially on a topic like today when we talk about child discipline. Lord, it's, it's difficult because we say we love our children and we never want to do anything that's going to cause them pain or cause them to not get their way. But Father, I pray that we would learn today and that we would see clearly that if we let them get away with things and, and make it all about them, God, that we are not training them up in the way they should go. We are not teaching them habits and behaviors that's going to lead to success later in life. So Father, I pray for every parent this morning, God, that you would give them the grace that they need to parent their children correctly. That you would give them the grace to discipline their children and, and be consistent with that. Be committed to it, God. Because not that they're trying to punish their kids, God, but they're looking out for their child's best interest. They want to set them up for success. They want them to be blessed in life. God, they want them to have favor with men and God. And I pray, God, that you would just help us to be wise in this area. God, I pray for blended homes today. God, I know that it has to be hard when a child is going back and forth to different structured homes. Maybe one parent is allowing them to get away with things because they want the child to favor them over the other X. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict those parents who are playing their children like that. God, I pray that they would love those kids enough to care about the outcome and that they could be an adult and come together with their ex and say, listen, you're the father, I'm the mother. Let's come to an agreement on how we're going to discipline our children. Because Lord, there are lives at stake. Father, I just ask that you would be with us this week and that, that your spirit would just arrest our hearts and, and grow us in the ways of the Lord. That we would commit ourselves to you, Lord, not only in, in this area of parenting, God, but we would commit ourselves to you in all other areas. That we would prioritize time with you over every other thing. God, that we would prioritize the reading of the Word of God. And as we read the Word of God, Lord, the Holy Spirit's going to teach us how to do the things that seem difficult right now. 
I pray that we would be a church that prays and, and, uh, and grows together in unity and in relationship to always honor the Word of God. I thank you, Lord, for being with us today. I worship you and I give you praise for great things that you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus.